Uh, so I've checked on my sheet, and it is the second Sunday of Lent. So sorry if I confused you saying it was the third one. I'm just, I don't know what week it is. Um, it's the time change. Does anyone else find the time change of one hour? It makes all the difference. It's like if you go across the mountains, and, uh, and then you come back again from Calgary, and you're like, what time is it now? Um, it, it just throws us, doesn't it, for a while. Um, the good news is we can look forward to an extra hour of daylight this afternoon, uh, which means with the forecast being rain, you'll get to see the rain for an extra hour this afternoon. Um, we are looking at Luke chapter 13, and this stuff is tough. This stuff is tough. Uh, I've heard from many of the life group leaders that people in life groups are saying, this stuff is tough. This is, these, these are difficult, these passages we're looking at. And, um, and, and often uh, what happens when you study the whole gospel and the N.T. Wright study we use takes us through chapter and verse. It doesn't leave anything out. We get the whole stuff. It's not the Anglican edited version. It's all of it, that some of it is really difficult. And so um, if you're finding it's really tough, I just want to encourage you and say, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And it is good that we look at it together. It is good that we understand these things. And it is good especially if we've been in the church for a number of years and never really looked at the difficult bits um, that we spend some time looking at them. And as we look at the Bible, um, every time we look at it, we will learn something new. Every time I stand up to preach, even if I'm preaching on the same passage that I've preached on before, uh, I will find something new. Um, and that's not just me trying to find something new. It's that God uh, inspires us by the Holy Spirit to see something differently. And that will relate to the context we're in um, and the place we're at. So, on this second Sunday of Lent, uh, we have this passage that reminds us of God's faithfulness. The title, I did put it there, yeah, Faithful to the Plan is the title. Uh, if those of you in church, look at the back. I've got a massive clock there. I've changed it now, so it's huge, so I'm not going to preach too long. Well, I might preach too long, but I'll know it, because that goes red if I go too long. Uh, so just if you wonder, if you're watching online, uh, there's a big clock at the back that tells me how many minutes and seconds I have to go uh, so that I don't go on too long. Um, it means I can't see what it says. Faithful to the plan, God is a faithful God. We see in this passage and elsewhere, obviously, but we see that Jesus is faithful. And so we are called into faithfulness, into discipleship, into discipline, into obedience. And that is what Lent is about. Lent's not in the Bible. Lent's invented by the church um, because we do that sometimes. We invent things. Uh, and this was invented a long time ago. So it's not a modern thing or a Middle Ages thing. Ever since the early church, people have spent time in the preparation and the run-up to Easter um, to spend some time journeying with Jesus. And this passage today comes in a part of Luke's gospel that is, is a journey towards Jerusalem. And so uh, as we journey with Jesus to Jerusalem, to the cross, where we will spend Good Friday with Jesus, we see Jesus' heart and his sorrow and his compassion for Jerusalem. 
So we get one verse from the, Phar- from, uh, the Pharisees, which is verse 31, that Andrew just read for us, and the rest of it is Jesus' response. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. Now, just raise a hand. Did you ever watch those cartoons as a child uh, with, um, where, where someone was going somewhere and chasing after someone, and there was a signpost, and somebody turned the signpost around? And anyone remember those? And so, so, they, so they send you off in the wrong direction, uh, running to catch someone. Um, there's a sense that you have to be careful who you trust. If you're out on a hike and you're going somewhere and you're not sure whether to go this way or this way and you're at a crossroads um, and the sign looks like the screws are loose, then you think, I wonder if somebody changed the sign or if it's telling me the truth. We know all the way through Luke's gospel that the Pharisees uh, don't have the best um, reputation, shall we say. Uh, that Jesus um, is, uh, is, seems to be at odds with them. They're not trying to be his friend, but, but then they would relate more to Jesus, you would think, than they would to Herod. So as you read this, maybe you, like me, sit there and wonder, what would have gone through Jesus' mind when these Pharisees, who hadn't been that happy with Jesus, are now saying, giving him a warning. Are they just trying to stop him from going about his business? Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. Or maybe Herod um, has, has told them this, and they're working with Herod. Either way, uh, we don't quite know. And it's probably good not to trust Herod's motives anyways. And so Jesus replies, go and tell that fox. I will keep on driving out demons and so on. So just the fox bit for a second. Uh, Go and tell that fox is an expression of of contempt. Jesus is basically saying, I don't like Herod. Um, Just to to clarify that, it's not a deep spiritual meaning. It's an expression of contempt. Um, Go and tell that fox. I will keep on doing what I'm called to do. God is faithful. Jesus is faithful. What's he called to do? In bringing in the kingdom, he's driving out demons and healing people. Um, we saw earlier on in Luke, uh, Luke chapter 4, uh, where Jesus unrose the scroll of Isaiah, um, and he speaks about healing. Uh, and so that is what Jesus is doing. He's driving out demons. He's driving out impure spirits. He's bringing in the kingdom of God by his very presence. And um, he is um, healing people all the way through. It says he's healing people today. Uh, there's someone coming in. Uh, today and tomorrow and the next day. Um, and I just want to clarify uh, what that means because we hear about... Um, Three days, um, he says, him people today, tomorrow, and on the third day, I will reach my goal. So in this scenario, the third day is not Easter Sunday and is not the resurrection. Uh, the third day um, is Good Friday. The third day is the cross. Healing people today, he's doing the work today. Healing people tomorrow, he'll carry on doing the work that he's called to do. As he goes about bringing in the kingdom, we see actual physical healings and demons being driven out and so on. And on the third day, 
I will reach my goal. The goal is the cross. The goal is the cross. And on the cross, as Jesus died, he took our sin and our shame and our guilt away. God is faithful. Jesus is faithful. And we are called to be faithful too. And so Jesus carries on. In any case, he says, I must press on today, tomorrow, and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. As we speak of Good Friday, Jesus is pointing to the cross. All roads lead to the cross. He is faithful to the plan. He knows what he's doing. And and whether Herod says you're going to be killed or not is, is, in a sense, irrelevant because he knows what he is called to do. And we move into the, the two verses where Jesus is, is weeping and lamenting over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. A wonderful image there. Those of us in life groups looked at that this week. Just raise a hand if this is familiar. A few people, and the image of the, of the hen, uh, the mother hen uh, would, would gather her chicks under her wings and protect them. Um, and um, the image we heard about in the life group study was that as, um, uh, if, the, if there was a fire, um, the, 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 instead of the whole family dying in the fire, the, the hen could gather the chicks under her wings and the hen would die. Um, but all the chicks would live. What a powerful and wonderful image we have of Good Friday, of spring, of Easter, all in one. Jesus longs to gather the children. That's us. That's other children who are still in bed, who didn't come today. Jesus longs to gather to gather us. They were not willing. Are we willing? Well, you are because you're here. And some of you are because you're watching online. But a lot of people aren't willing to be gathered by Jesus. He says, I'll come and I will save you. He has saved us by his death on the cross. And, and yet, oh, no, no, that God stuff isn't for me. Have you heard that said? I'm, I'm, I'm good with you liking the God stuff, but I'm not really into the God stuff myself. I'm not really a religious person. I believe in God, but I'm not really that religious. That's me quoting, in case you're just catching the second of the sermon. <laughs> um, but I think that is often what goes on in people's minds. And so the lament Jesus has for Jerusalem could be a lament for Maple Ridge, where 95% of the population would not attend a church at all, COVID or not. And yet, something like 65% say they believe in God. God is faithful. Jesus is faithful. And we have work to do as the church in this place. We are called to be faithful. And as we are faithful, we take the good news of Jesus out. We tell the story of Good Friday. We tell the story of Easter Day. 
Uh, so in verse 35, um, look, your house is left to you desolate. Um, got lots of theology here, so bear with me. Um, amazing what's in these four verses. There's a lot. Uh, so when Jesus is talking about your house being desolate, some people uh, will interpret that to mean the temple, and it's a, a foretelling of the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, which we know in history happened. Um, but actually, it seems on balance that, that um, this is not talking about the temple, but the house referring to the whole of Jerusalem, that it's the whole city that's left desolate. And then Jesus says, I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, this is a trick. This is a trick to trick us, to trap us. Um, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What do I mean by a trick? Well, as soon as you hear, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, you're probably thinking uh, a few weeks' time, Palm Sunday, right? And they're coming into Jerusalem. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem on a donkey, and the shouts are, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Uh, you remember it from last year? Actually, we weren't here, were we? from three years ago when we last did it. Wow. Um, however, the people that shouted, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, were not from Jerusalem. They were the Galileans who'd come down from the north to come and see Jesus coming into Jerusalem. So Jesus here is not talking about Palm Sunday that's coming in a few weeks. He's talking uh, about the second advent, the second coming when Christ comes again. And at that time, whilst they weren't willing the first time to shout, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, those people of Jerusalem, they will the second time uh, have somehow no choice but to shout, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So we see God's faithfulness through Scripture and here. We see Jesus being faithful to the plan. It wasn't about whether Herod, threats from Pharisees about Herod potentially wanting to kill him and he should go somewhere else. That didn't deter him. He knew what he was called to do. I will keep on driving out demons, he said. I will keep on healing people, and on the third day, I will reach my goal. God is faithful. Jesus was faithful. We are called to be faithful as we continue to observe Lent. What is it that we might be called to do to be faithful? I wonder. Maybe it takes a real faithfulness, as I mentioned, if you're in life groups and you're struggling with the weight of this stuff. It gets better in the end. We get to the resurrection. But for now, we struggle together. And that's what church is about. We're a community, a family, who struggle together. They say you don't choose your family. And in a sense, being part of a church, we don't choose every individual who's with us. And yet we're here shoulder to shoulder, with a bit of social distancing, but shoulder to shoulder. We walk alongside each other as we journey through the hard stuff and the good stuff and the fun stuff. And so we'll um, sing in a few minutes a song, More Than Watchmen, Wait for the Morning.
And you think of that image of the security guard, we might call them now. You see them around Maple Ridge, parked in their car, outside the development, making sure no one steals the lumber. Trying to stay awake, wandering around, making sure. What would it be like if you've worked a night shift to long for the morning? I know when I've worked night shifts on the railway, I would long for the morning. And for some trains to run and some people to come again because there's not many in the night. There's just one or two. What is it like to look forward to the day when Jesus will come and there will be no more sorrow or sighing when every tear will be wiped away from our eyes? When we'll stop praying, your kingdom come, it will be done because we'll see it. Maybe we'll still be praying that prayer. That's a whole other discussion. Um, but uh, as we look for the new day, for the morning, we step into a place of faithfulness. So what do we do with all this? My encouragement is to keep on keeping on, to keep on being faithful, to be faithful even in small things, because as we're faithful in small things, that leads to faithfulness in bigger things. To keep wrestling with the text. To tell your life group leaders when you're struggling with something so they can work through it with you. And you can also contact me. Uh, you will know how to get me by email or phone um, and, uh, and ask me if you have other theological questions um, and, and, and check in as well. Uh, it's always wonderful to talk about theology. As much as I love committee meetings um, I, I, and, and organizing and planning things and doing administration, it is much more fun to talk about theology. So rescue me from my incessant organizing and administration and breeze emails and ask me a hard theological question and I would love to dive into commentary and have a conversation about it. We remain a church that is called to be faithful. Our 92-year history in Maple Ridge of St. George's, we continue to be faithful. And so as we look towards Good Friday, as we look towards the day when Jesus said, I will reach my goal, we are reminded that God is faithful. Jesus Christ is faithful and that we are called to follow in his footsteps and be faithful too. Amen.